Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. What do we mean by worldview? It's just a way that you see the world, a way that you see yourself, and a way that you see others. And uh, I, I want to, hopefully we can wrap this up. I, we've gone through three scenes. We've talked about the creation. We talked about redemption. I heard, um, excuse me, creation, the fall, and then redemption. I heard Pastor Myron did a bang up job last Sunday. Can, you, can I get a witness? He did great. And they're not with us today. Pastor Myron got invited back to his home church where he grew up to preach there. It was an anniversary celebration, and they wanted him as the favorite son of the house. So he's in Mamou, Louisiana, <laughs> preaching the gospel today. So I just got a text, Heidi, from her picture of Pastor Myron up behind that pulpit up there preaching, and he's wearing a suit and tie and looking sharp. As my daughter Hillary said, he's the Denzel Washington of Opelousas. You did say that. It is true. I love Denzel. Uh, I, and I hope to help you see. In fact, let me give you a C.S. Lewis quote. C.S. Lewis wrote Screwtape Letters, Christian author, uh, really an apologist. And uh, he wrote, I believe in Christianity as I believe in the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. I don't believe, I believe in Christianity not as I believe the sun has risen, not because I see it, but by, by it, I get to see everything else. And that's been the prayer really of this series was to get you to a spot where you realize, wait a minute, I'm going to see the world through the eyes of the gospel, through the eyes of the word of God, instead of the eyes and the thoughts of this world. And so I want to help you see how things really are today. In fact, the, the title of this message today is The Best. Say this with me. The best, the best. is yet to come. The best is yet to come. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off in Genesis, the first two chapters of the Bible, and we're going to end up at the last two chapters of the Bible. So we're going to go back to the beginning, and then we're going to go all the way uh, to the end. Let me recap a little bit from our, our series. In the first message, we learned that God created the world. He created Adam, Eve, garden, good, the, the stars, the sky, the sun, the moon, and said it was all good and created Adam and Eve, really the first marriage that ever was, procreation, y'all have children, and he said this is good. In fact, he didn't just say it was good, he said it was very good. In fact, let, just everybody, so let me, let, me, let me teach you. So with that in mind, God wasn't just saying, look, I did good. He's saying, that's the way it should be. Anything other than that is not right. This is the way it should be. This is how it should be. He saw that it was right, and he said, that is good. I want to help you higher, step up higher so you're not thinking 
like this world thinks. In fact, I believe it's, uh, I believe it's Romans talking about the undertow of this culture will always try to pull you away to change the way you see things and think. And we always gotta go back to the word. I don't believe in Christianity as the sun because I see the sun, but it also helps me to look and see how the rest of the world ought to be. Can I get an amen from the congregation? Anybody here? In the second message, we talked about what went wrong. Remember, that's when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, and uh, that was the first sin that was ever committed, which opened up the door to all kinds of things to take place. In fact, for Adam, you kind of just want to go, come on, man. I mean, he kind of messed it up for all of us, didn't he? I mean, one day you're going to get to meet him again in heaven, hopefully, if you're going there. I'll be there. I hope to see you there. Uh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to, I'm sure Adam's going to go, I'm so sorry, y'all. <laughs> no, but the cons, if your parents here, how many know God will forgive you of sin? Can we go praise God? But he doesn't remove the consequences of it. He's a good father. And just because we sin and we can get forgiveness from him doesn't always mean that he's going to remove the consequences of sin. If you're a good father here, you know what it's like. My dad's here today. I'm sure there were plenty of times when my father said, go to your room. And I knew what was about to happen because he walked in and you heard that sound. Remember that sound where your parents would take the belt off? That as it as it hit every belt loop. As my father got older, he got a little larger and it went longer. Love you, Dad. All of you. You remember that? And even though, I mean, and I would beg, Daddy, I'm sorry. And after you know, you go, that's good, son. <laughs> Bend over. And then it was on after that. And uh, I'm not, my father is not responsible if he did miss the target because it was me. It's hard to hit a moving target with a belt. Have you ever done Because I was all over screaming, yelling. And mom, I want to confess before the whole congregation, it wasn't as bad as I was yelling. I, I was yelling, hoping mom would come in and rescue me because I was acting like I was being murdered. And by the way, I deserved every single one of them I got. Dad forgave me, but I still had to pay the consequences. And God loves you, and he will forgive you. But how many of you know, sometimes we still have to live with the consequences of our sins and our decisions. He loves us, but he's still, he's a good father. And we can think Adam, Adam, because of Adam's sin, sin entered the world And because of sin, then death also entered the world. It was never God's, the original was not for there to be death. Only if there was sin would there be death. And because of that, we live in this world that we live in. Listen to what God said about Adam after his fall into sin. And this is in Genesis 3, verse 21. And the Lord God made for Adam... And for his wife, garments of skins, and he clothed them. Adam and Eve have just broken the heart of God. 
sin, disobeyed him. And you see, they're about to receive the punishment for it, the consequences. But you also see what God does. Remember, they were naked. Remember, they were sewing fig leaves together to hide themselves. And God goes out and kills an animal and takes the skin from the animal and clothes them. It is a type and shadow of how we're going to need to be clothed because we've sinned and we're going to need the sacrifice of an animal. But by the way, it's not going to be an animal, is it? It's going to be the lamb of God, his son Jesus, and he's going to take his cloak of righteousness and put it over us so we get to see the type and shadow. What a God. Not only will he forgive you and have mercy on you, but then he'll also give you grace and clothe you. When he shouldn't, he didn't have to clothe us, but he clothes them to get them ready to be exiled from the guard. Can you give God praise for that? What a God. (laughs) Then the Lord God said, behold, The man has become like one of us in knowing what is good and evil because he ate the forbidden fruit. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life. Two trees in the garden, knowledge of good and evil, the one they should need of, they did. And then there's the tree of life. He says, now lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the angel and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. Adam and Eve were exiled out of the garden of Eden, placed an angel there so he couldn't get back into the garden to eat of the tree of life, which would bring immortality, eternity, to eat from it because of sin. How many of you know? Okay, here's a question. How many of you wake up with something hurting? (laughs) you get up in the morning I used to laugh at people going oh my god y'all are getting old man now I cannot wake up in the morning without my back is hurting every single morning now that I'm getting older I'm closer to 60 than 50 my knees are starting to bother me in the morning are anybody here with me Now it's my elbows. I feel like the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz. It's like. And now I have an old injury from baseball. Y'all are going to feel so bad for me, which is part of my goal. I'm looking for some love because Hadi ain't giving it to me. I said, baby. My pinky is killing me. And she's like, your pinky? Yeah, I dislocated this finger twice in college, sliding into second base. And back then, we, you know, you wore batting gloves. And I slid in. And when I got up, I didn't feel anything. I got up. And this finger was like this, like hanging down like this, dislocated it. I didn't know what happened. I just saw my batting glove. And I went, 
whoa, that ain't supposed to be like that. And I ran over to, they called timeout. My coach ran over to him. He, I went to show him and he went, and then they popped it back in. And I, I keep, kept playing. Well, I did it again. And now it's swollen and it hurts. And then some of you he-men around here, I shook hands today and a couple of you guys squeezed my hand so hard, I screamed like a girl. I was like, ah, no offense, girls. And I'm going, come on, man. Elbows, knees, back, pinky, neck. Wait a minute. I don't want to live forever. Anybody track it with me? Your body wasn't created to live forever. You, do you really want to go back in and grab from the tree of life and continue to live in this world forever? No, this might be my last sermon. No, seriously, there's an expiration date on every one of you. It's gonna happen. Nobody gets out alive. We only get out one way. We die. I don't know how I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I just, I don't know how it's gonna, I hope I live to be old, I think. If my other pinky starts hurting, I want to go to heaven. (laughs) No, you weren't created to be here forever. There is an expiration date on us. That's one of the reasons why the cherubim hid there, because he's going, I'm not going to put people through this sinful world forever. Thank you, Jesus. That it's not forever. By the way, I just want to make sure everybody knows, at my funeral, right, Y'all are all invited, and you better be there. <laughs> what are we eating after? Mama's fried chicken. I just want to get that. <laughs> Don't slip in churches. Pastor Myron used to own some churches. He's going to try to slip churches fried chicken in there. No, I don't want chicken king. It's, all, it's good. I like it. Mama's. Everybody got it. Just want to make sure. That's my only request. What did he say about his funeral? Mama's fried chicken. That's it. Hey, uh, but I, so we're, 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 we're going to die. But watch this. The Bible, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 9, 22, that there is no, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So God's going to kill an animal. But the, but the Bible also says there's no animal sacrifice can truly atone for our sin. So we find in Romans 3.25 in the New Testament says that God puts forward Jesus as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood. Can we just say thank you, Lord? So Adam was driven away from the tree of life because he ate from the tree, the forbidden tree, but we get to go back to the tree of life, which is the cross. Jesus was put on a tree and we can eat from him by receiving forgiveness and being covered by his precious blood. And so we can have eternal life because he was our atonement, atoning for our sins. Isn't that awesome? Yes. I love this quote, by the way. John Stott said, the essence of sin is man substituting himself for God. 
But the essence of salvation is God substituting himself for man. So thank you, Jesus. We are saved from the penalty of sin. That's true. But we're ultimately saved for the presence of God. God saved you so that we could be in his presence forever. So I want to talk to you a little about that, and I, I'm excited about it, but, but I, want, I, want to, I want to show you this, and, and I hope that you see this as well. I want to take you to the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 18 through 23. It says, listen to what Paul says. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, that's thorns and thistles accompanied work, the pain in childbirth for the woman, not willingly, but because of him who has subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and attain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Can we stop for a second? It, does, it means when you and I got born again, the scripture says that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's our new status. But the creation itself is still being impacted and affected by sin. That's why we have. So in other words, you and I can be redeemed, saved, born again, going to heaven, but we could still walk through sickness. We could still walk through setbacks, cancer, car wrecks, calamity. It's normal in a fallen world. And all of creation is also longing for this redemption. Watch this. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Everybody look right here. I probably shouldn't say this. I'm going to say one of those things that may get me in trouble later. Is that okay? I'm going to say it. Even all the stuff that you're hearing on the, do I think as Christians we ought to take care of the planet that we've been given? We ought to do the very best that we possibly can. But some of the things that you're seeing, I think, my opinion, it's not global warming. I think it's a global warning. It is creation itself groaning. This is what the scripture is saying. Not only should the children of God be groaning, for redemption, for there to be to what I'm preaching about today. But even creation itself is saying, this should not be this way. Watch this. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Let me paraphrase everything I just said to you. This is not our home. This is not our home. No, Port Barry, my home. No, it's not your home. You just pass it through, Port Barry, baby. We're just sojourners. We have another destination. Heaven is not even my goal. 
It's not a goal. Heaven is my home. It's where we're going to spend eternity. Yep, I was talking, Mark was telling me, his father passed away just recently. 92. I hope I may get to 92. Said he was still out in Iowa mowing his grass with a push mower at 92 with no shirt on. That's what I'm going to do. How many of you know when you're 92, you don't care? I may be in my drawers, 92. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to care. What was I talking about? I got caught up in that. If I live to be 92, pushing my lawnmower in my drawers, compared to eternity, it's nothing but a fraction it's just a vapor, here, gone. That's what the scripture, could. he said, we are nothing but vapors. You see a vapor and then it disappears. It just, whoosh, gone. There it is, gone. This is not our home. I love what T.D. Jakes gave this mental image of, you know, he was, he was given really metaphorically, he was talking about, he said, maybe, just maybe, maybe our life from the time you came from the womb, maybe you were actually, when you came out of your mother's womb, you were actually put into a spiritual womb, and then the day that you die is the day that you really begin to live. This is nothing but the womb preparing you for eternity. It's true. It's, and, and, and so you know you're going to go through pains. And Come on, ladies. I don't know. I have never experienced. I, I don't care what the world says that men can have babies. No, they can't. They, they cannot have babies. Ladies, we couldn't handle it. Let me speak on behalf of all men. We could not have handled it. We could not handle having a baby. I, my pinky hurts. I have proven to you. Oh, Brett, quit acting like you're all tough up there. You're not tough. You can't have no baby. You can't even handle the truth. We could. I, I watched Heidi walk through three. I, I, my job. I watched, oh, oh, what, what baby? Oh, my back. Oh, oh, pain. Oh, ooh, uh. She was sick. Not first trimester, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester. She was sick while she was having the baby. She's throwing up and I'm down there going, push, push. And she's like, let me throw up real quick. For, so for, for 27 months, three children times nine, 27, right? Blah. We drive through Houston now. One, William was born in Houston. We drive through Houston now. I, we, I could drive through there and go, baby, remember that time we threw up right there? <laughs> My job was wash rag duty. As soon as she could pull over, I, I got I to throw up. I got to throw up. I'd pull over, grab the wash rag. She'd get out of the car. Blah! And I just, it's going to be all right, baby. You a woman of God. She could shut up. Blah! That's not really exaggerating. <laughs> I normally do, but that's not. <laughs> Why? But, but, but in the end, it was worth it. It was worth it. Maybe we're just in the womb, groaning to be born in eternity. 
Here's what we can look forward to. When believers die, get this. Believer, you in the room? To be absent in body is to be present with the Lord. I want you to think about that. Your last breath is your first breath there. Mark your daddy. Last breath, first breath. There. That the very thing that everyone's afraid of, death, has already been defeated by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Death is no longer, has no sting on us as a believer any longer. You don't have to fear. The New Testament church and the New Testament, I mean, I just want you to think where they flourished. Nero, Rome, was taking believers putting them on, dipping them in tar, putting them on poles, and then igniting them to provide light for a banquet he was having at night. But yet the church flourished, and you go, what was their... It was the hope of the future was going to be brighter than their present. They were looking for their eternal home. Remember that, uh, that show, Stream Home Makeover? Y'all remember that? Remember that where the, I forget what that guy's, the crazy guy, I forget his name. Ty, thank you. I knew some of y'all watch TV too much. You remember that they would they would make over the house and you know a family that was in need or whatever and they would totally redo it and here's before here's after and you just go oh my gosh amazing and there was that 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 scene you know at the end where they bring the family finally to reveal and you remember they'd say what'd they say move that and then they'd move it and then ah, and then you'd start crying too because it was just phenomenal to watch the scripture says that God is now going to take and give us the redemption, the restoration of our future is that he's going to restore, he's going to create a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. That is the end. This is where this all ends up at. Pastor, you tell me the end of the story. Well, it's found in the last two chapters of the book of Revelation that there is going to be a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. Can you imagine God setting us up with a bus and go move that bus. And some of the beauty that you see here is going to be nothing compared to what we're going to see. It is going to be a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. I say, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, let's do this. Watch this, let's go ahead and look at the scriptures that describe this new heaven and this new earth. Let me talk about your home. In fact, I love the way John describes the new creation. He describes it as the place of no mores. Let's look at some of the no mores in the new heaven and the new earth. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. And the devil, the one that's called the ancient serpent, was thrown into the lake of fire 
and sulfur where the beast and false prophet were and they were tormented day and night forever and ever. So in Genesis chapter three, the devil slithers in. In Revelation chapter 20, the serpent is cast out into the lake of fire. There will be no more serpent on the new heaven and the new earth. Can we give God all the praise for that? He was disarmed by Jesus, death on the cross, and he will be defeated and cast into hell. So look at me right here. So the next time the enemy reminds you of your past and he will try, you remind him of his future. He will be cast down and out. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, thank you, Lord. So there'll be no more serpent. Thank you, Lord. John also wrote, and no more sea. What? And the sea was no more. Well, the sea represents chaos and evil. In the new heaven, there will be no more chaos, no more disaster, no more deception, no more destruction, and no more devastation, no wars, no rumors of wars, no battles, no bloodshed, because the old is gone and the new has come. So no more serpent, no more sea. Thirdly, he wrote that there be no more separation. Watch what it says in Revelation 21, verse two and three. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He'll be with us. Say that, God is with us. Have you ever, Heidi and I have encouraged one another through the years. Victor, come help me because I'm gonna take a while, but we've encouraged each other through the years. When we've walked through the valley of the shadow of death, she'll say to me, but baby, God is with us. And I want to be honest, there are times that I go, really? Is he really? Because you don't feel, you don't sit. No, he'll, he'll be with us. God will be with us. We'll, we'll be with him. He'll be right there. God, he'll be with us. The dwelling place of God. There will also be no more serpent, no more sea, no more separation. There will be no more sadness. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more funerals. No more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away my pinky will no longer hurt did you know the scripture says in fact you're going to get a new body a brand new body we'll still recognize each other in heaven I'll be taller I'll be 6'5 I'm going to be 6'5 
I'm, I'm declaring it. And if it's not true, you know, Pastor, you, sorry. We're, we're, gonna get, we're gonna get new bodies, but there won't, there won't be any more back pain, knee pain, elbow pain, pinky pain, brain tumor, cancer, drugs, overdoses, fentanyl, no tragedies face, no divorce papers, no design, no bankruptcy you gotta register for. There'll be none of that. There will be no sadness there. There is nothing that's going to make you sad. Nothing is going to be sad. There will be nothing there that is sad. Think of all the stuff that makes us sad now. You walked in sad. Some of you walked in because of what happened today or yesterday. Walked in sad. There will be no sadness. There is no sadness there. I want you to think of the most joyous day that you've ever had in your entire life. It will be that times a million and you're going to walk in and that's going to be the constant state of where you're at in heaven. That is your home. You're not home yet. The reason why we're still sad, we still got pain, we still because of sin and this is not our home. We're going to a place where there is no sadness. Everything Tim Keller said, Tim Keller actually quoting J.R. Tolkien. Tim Keller is a pastor. J.R. Tolkien, that's a guy that lives in Port Barry. Um, no, he wrote Lord of the Rings. He said, everything that is sad will come untrue. Think of the sadness you've experienced in your life. There's been a lot of sadness, a lot of pain. It will all become untrue. No more. Let me give you, watch this. No more darkness. Watch this. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord, God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives its light and its lamp is the lamb. Darkness. We, we won't need a physical building to worship in because God will be our temple. We won't need the sun because we will live in the light of God's glory forever and ever. No darkness. So why don't you think about darkness? That fear, anxiety, depression, worry, nervousness. That will never happen to you again. You'll ever feel that way. Watch this. In six, there'll be no more death. I've already told you there were two special trees in the garden. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life. And because of that, he was, Adam ate, the angel, forbidden. But listen to John in Revelation 21, verses 1 and 2. Excuse me, Revelation 22. But listen to what the angel showed John. The angel showed me the river of water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit. Isn't that cool? That's not a, that's, that's like a, that's like one for every month. That's like a fruit of the month club. It's producing 12 different kinds of fruit. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. What's that? Can we eat of it? Yeah, you're going to eat of it. 
which one do I choose? Whichever one you want. You're going to eat of the tree of life. I don't know. Twelve fruit, twelve tribes, twelve disciples. The number twelve. Watch, in the restored Eden, Robert Mounts once said, in the restored Eden, all has been reversed. Eating of one tree brought the curse. But in the revelation, eating of this tree brings eternal life. No more crying, no more darkness, no more pain, no more hurt, no more sad, no more tears, no more serpent, no more destruction, no more calamity, no more, no more, no more. First Corinthians, the appointed time has grown very short. From now on, watch what he says. Talking about worldview. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none. Don't get all crazy on me. I'll explain it in a moment. I see some of you going, okay, here's my loophole. (laughs) And those who mourn as though they were not mourning. And those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing. And those who buy as though they had no goods. And those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing. Away. What does that mean? Let me let me translate. The things of this present world are important, but they are not the ultimate. Hold on to them loosely. Do not hold on, do not trust in them, but hold on tightly to God and his promises. This world will pass away. This world is not my home. It's not your home. Hold on to it loosely. Yeah, you can get married, work hard, vote, live life to its fullest, but remember, it's passing away and that the best is yet to come the first century church I'm, I'm just oh my gosh listen to me oh I'm gonna say some stuff I probably shouldn't say but I'm gonna say it anyway I'll quote, baby, and I don't remember, you might remember. I've heard Pastor Jacob say it a hundred times. But he wasn't the first to say it. I'll, I'll give Pastor Jacob credit, but it wasn't him that said it first. We're way overeducated. We've overeducated ourselves past our ability to obey. Something like that. We got, we have the word. New first century church didn't have the word. They didn't didn't have what we have, the Bible. They wrote letters and later compiled them so that we could get them. They, They got little by little at a time. 
trusting in the Holy Spirit among them. When they gather, when you gathered, gathered, hey, one of you have a word, one of you have a song, one of you have uh, an encouragement, one of you have a prophetic word, prophecy, but two at the most three, don't, when you come together, don't, don't, two at the, Paul's right, two at the most three. I go, why, but two or three, what if, what if there was 12 people? Because we can't remember 12 things. Two at the most three. Give yourself little by little just so you can make sure that you're obeying that. They had a hope. Their hope was found in Revelation at the end of this book where it says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Jesus, would you come? In other words, Jesus, would you come back? He is coming back. He's coming back. Heidi and I stood at the place the, the Bible says he'll land <laughs> the Mount of Olives as it overlooks Jerusalem. He's coming back. He left here as the Lamb of God, but he ain't coming back like a lamb. He's coming back on a stallion, a white stallion. The Bible says he's coming back to get his bride, his church, which I hope I get to see that. If not, y'all, we'll be eating mama's fried chicken one day. You will be. He is coming back. And it says the Spirit and the bride say, come. Let me ask you something. How many of you'd be cool if he came back today? Come on, Lord. Come. 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 And that's what the scriptures say. Hold on to these things loosely so that you can say, come. Because if you had eternity, and the scripture does say eternity has been written upon the heart of every man, we would live differently than we're living. Hold on to things loosely. Are y'all picking up what I'm laying down? I, I, I told the early, early services, I'm, 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 I'm mad. I'm mad at the devil. I can't wait. I hope we all get to watch the serpent. And, and, and I, I agree with uh, uh, Edna Dean Corley that she doesn't, she goes, I don't see the snake being kept, picked up and thrown into it. I see when he sees God, he'll just jump on into the fire himself because he don't even want to be near God. He's just going to jump on in. I'm out of here. I said, I, I, I hope I get to see that, Edna Dean. Just see it happen. I, I'm watching the world. Listen to me, the world... Please, 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 please hear me. Quit thinking like a Republican or a Democrat or rich or poor. Quit thinking like that. Think like a follower of Jesus. And because we love, we see the sun, we see everything else in light of the sun and his word. I gave a sample, the earlier service. This is what the world said. Diversity, it's all about diversity. No, it's not. That's a lie. It's not. You can't look at the sun and look at his word and say it's about. Because then what you're going to do with scripture says, there is neither a free man nor slave. There is now no female or, or male or female. There is no Jew or Greek. What is he saying? John 17, Jesus said, Lord, I'm praying that they would be 
diverse as we are diverse. That's not what he says. What he says is, may they be as one as we are one, that God's people will come together and lay down all of those titles that the world tries to keep putting on you. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, period. End of story. Rich, poor, black, white, does not matter. There's only two that matter to God. Lost and found. That's it. That's all that matters. If you're found, we're brothers. If you're lost, we should be reaching them in the name of Jesus. Amen? Let's get about our work and our business to reach the lost. Jesus, come. This world's going to get darker. I keep telling you. Oh, the world's going to keep making up more ways to sin. Going to happen. But at the same time, it should be getting brighter and brighter. God's people are the light of the world. And people are going to go, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And we better be ready. Are y'all, are y'all picking up what I'm laying down? Come, Lord Jesus. Can we just come? Can we just pray Revelation chapter 22? Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. The Spirit and the bride. Can we agree with the Spirit? Come, Lord. Would you come? Would you come? Father, put eternity in our hearts. I pray today, Father, that we'll see through the eyes of your word. 